0: Welcome to Beyond Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Petralis, and we are so excited for today's guest. Um, You know, my coaching tree, I I have a connection to Wayland High School uh, with one of my former coaches, so it was really cool to be able to have the head coach on, and I know Wayland runs an extremely great program for, you know, the last 14, 15 years that I can remember when I got into the coaching game and even beyond that, but uh, really excited to have a great coach on here, someone who's won in a lot of different years and um, really runs a very good program from top to bottom, so super excited. To have them on, just a few accolades going in his 21st year, this year's his 21st year as the head football coach at Wayland High School, was six years an assistant previous to that, an alumni of the school, played football, and also is a 21-year wrestling coach. So being able to coach two varsity sports back-to-back is not easy to do time-wise and commitment-wise. It's a lot. So, you know, I give this coach a lot of credit for 20-plus years of doing that. That is not easy. It is a commitment, and it's something you do when you truly love it. Um, was Massachusetts State Coach of the Year in 2006 First year as head football coach and won uh, the Super Bowl, thirteen and zero. Um, was also, you know, Globe uh, Coach of the Year, Howard Globe Coach of the Year, Metro West Coach of the Year. So someone who really uh, is a very good football coach and, and is well known in the state of Massachusetts. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, and I hope I don't mess this last name up, Scott Parasegian.
1: Parise- Parasagian, yeah. Parasagian, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> That's why they call me Coach P. That's why they call me Coach P at Wayon. You know, it's we've talked
0: about it. We've talked about this on the phone. We talked about this before, and I still messed up. So, so it's okay. That's okay. I, but um, again, it's an honor to have you on here, and I, you know, I think your coaching resume is, is tremendous. Um, so, John, to be part of the show. There. Yeah, it's going to be fun. We're going to have a really good time. So, you know, one thing that I really want to talk to you about um, is when we spoke on the phone, obviously your passion runs. I mean, I'm an Allenton Catholic guy. I went to school there. I coached there. Um, you know, I, I have an undying loyalty there. And the same thing seems for you at Wayland High School. You even said to me when we spoke on the phone for a little bit that when you were a sophomore in high school, you told everybody there that you would be back and you would be coaching and you would be the head coach someday. And, and here we are having this conversation right now, many years later. And you and, you're in that position. So just talk about your passion for Wayland High School a little bit, the town of Wayland. And obviously, you knew what you wanted to be uh, at a very young age. So just giving you that opportunity to chit chat about it a little bit.
1: Yeah, it all started, like you said, my sophomore year, actually writing a paper uh, for an English class and uh, talking about what you want to do. And and I just kind of put it out there on paper that, you know, this is I want to come back to Wayland. I want to be a coach here and be part of this community for the rest of my life. And that English teacher just kind of shared it with uh, the principal, the athletic director. And so it was always known to everybody that like that was kind of my goal. And I remember the time that it was my senior year and we were in the wrestling room and one of our stars just was having a bad day. And, you know, threw the trash can and ran out of the room. And the wrestling coach, who was my biggest mentor, uh, Coach Moyer and athletic director at the time, uh, he sent me after him. And so I chased him down the hallway and we got caught up in the corner and I talked to him for five or 10 minutes. And then coach Moyer arrived on the scene, the two of us. And he goes in to talk to the kid. And this kid looks at coach Moyer after he was done speaking to him and said, that's the exact same thing that Scott just said to me for 10 years. And I just remember the coach putting his hand on my shoulder and said, that's why he's going to be the next greatest coach here at Wayland." And that was like my senior year. And that was just like, all right, let's go. Like, I, I just, you know, it just all clicked right there my senior year. You know, I've been talking about this and the fact that I said kind of the same exact things that the, my mentor said to this young wrestler that was having a tough day. Um, kind of solidified that, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. And everybody knew. And when I graduated from Plymouth State, um, I was back home
0: yeah and and obviously there's the that's like the teacher side of you too I'm a teacher as well so just being able to talk to kids I mean it's a gift and not a lot of people can do it and especially at a young age to be able to talk to your peer you know and calm them down and, and say the same things that a head coach said I mean yeah the writing was on the wall for you for sure um and and one you know obviously you went back you mentioned from Plymouth State you went back there and began coaching and you coached uh you know football you were an assistant coach there for six years before you know the 2006 season you kind of put your name in the hat because the head coaching position had opened up and I know previously when we spoke on the phone it seemed to be kind of a revolving door over the last few years before that of head coaches coming into the program and not saying the product wasn't great because a couple years before that I researched you guys were nine and two your quarterback and receiver were like wreck and break and everything so um, you know you definitely had some talent but what in 06 made you finally say I'm ready for this job I've been in this program as a player and as a coach and I think I can lead it to that next
1: level so i actually took over in 01 oh i apologize
0: okay okay all right okay yeah
1: so I, i took over in that 2001 year so you know um but it was you're exactly right i was i was part of the program um i started out as a freshman football coach as i think a lot of us do you know especially young guys started out as freshman football and then moved up through there and jv and varsity assistant and throughout those years just like you said it was a revolving door i saw you know, up to five coaches coming in and out. One coach didn't even start the season, just left right before the season started. So it was really weird kind of time. And, and I love Whalen. Obviously, I've said that. And I think that will come out through this interview. But it was me talking to the principal at the middle school, who again was a mentor to me. And uh, he said, Why don't you do this? You know, and, and I excited, like, Well, I always thought I was waiting to be the next head wrestling coach. Um, at the school and I, I didn't think that I could do both jobs well of being a head coach and being them so close together and it just after I thought about it for a while I'm like why not I'm, I'm not going anywhere this is home this, this this is what the team needs it needs stability it needs somebody that's in charge that has a vision and that does not plan to leave and is ready to lay down his roots and do anything he can for the program and when I looked at that I said that's me you know, I, I might still have a, a little ways to go. I, I don't think I was ready X and O's way. I wasn't, but I, I think a leadership point, I, I was ready to take over. At the time, I was the head girls lacrosse coach. So I had been, um, that was my first kind of little gig as a head coach. Uh, that job was open. I was assistant boys coach. And at that time, I started to think like, I want to try to be a head coach, you know, and this, this job opened up and um, there were, it wasn't a, a big pool of people. So the school talked to me, said, Hey, would you think about doing this? And I said, sure. Uh, I was teaching in the school, you know, had a great, great reputation with all the kids. And, uh, so I, I first, my first job was the head girls of cross coaching. I didn't know that that's really yeah. cool. That's really yeah. cool. I did that for about three years. And, uh, and then it was, um, the job opened up and once football, I, I got the job, I, I stepped down. I had some great, um, Coaches under me with girls across, and they took over and they did a great job there. But you know, one of my big mentors growing up was Bruce Rich at Chelmsford, and, and I was amazed that this guy was the head football coach, head wrestling coach, and head softball coach. Like, how do you do that? Like, how do you do three varsity sports? And you know, when I got hired as the football coach, I remember Bruce Rich was one of the first guys I called um, and said, you know, because he had a great football program, great wrestling. I mean, he did everything right. You know, I was like what do I do? And, you know, and, and we started scrimmaging each other. He was like, you know, Hey, if you want to be the best, you know, come, come. He had his try scrimmage and we joined. And uh, so, yeah, so it kind of all just fell into place there. And here I am 21 years later, still here as the head coach. That's wild to me. And, uh, you know, what's really cool is,
0: is like, obviously, like, we all have our mentors, we all have those people that have influenced us or make us, you know, who we are in the sense of that world. And like you said, three sports is nuts. Because I mean, preparing for football, just being a football coach, like in the off season, I felt like it was a full time job in itself. So it's like, when you go into winter and spring, like, when are you prepping for that stuff? So that's, that's a lot of work. Um, and the, him to be successful. dang. You know, hat off to him. Um, so, I, you know, I mentioned that from 01 to 0, you know, 05, you had some really good teams and some pretty good talent. Obviously, you guys play in a tough league, and, you know, at that time, Division 1A, I mean, you're playing some top-notch schools – period in, in the entire state, but in 06, I did a little bit of research on this. I kind of dug a little further deeper in 06. Um, you guys won the Super Bowl. You went 13 and 0. Um, and you played some really tough teams. I mean, obviously in league, but obviously, you know, back then the playoff system was, if you won your league, you know, you played a winner of another league. What I found interesting was that, and if I'm wrong here, please tell me cause I was already <laughs> wrong once. Um, a thousand students within the school that year. So if you're dividing that by four, that's like two hundred and fifty kids per class. Then you oh, figure, us? yeah. Am I am I right we're, about we're that? Eight
1: hundred. We're eight hundred. Well, at like,
0: that time, at that yeah. time you might have been like a thousand from what I researched. There was like a yeah. newspaper article. So doing the math though, even if it was between eight hundred to a thousand, I mean, you're talking maybe a hundred to a hundred and 25 boys per class I mean that's not a lot so to be able to kind of take on the iron of some of the teams that you played and some of the programs you played and to go 13 and 0 was really really impressive so I just wanted to give you an opportunity to talk about that season obviously your first Super Bowl victory as a head coach and uh, the feeling you had when, when it all went down
1: yeah that was that's a special season right there I mean the stars aligned um, you got to have it all you got to got to stay healthy you got to have the horses you know, all those things, it, very tough league. I mean, Acton-Boxborough was just coming off, you know, their their 56-game win streak, right. you know, Lincoln-Sudbury is always tough. So just our league alone. And then in the playoffs, we got to go play Central Catholic. I mean, <laughs> are, are you kidding me? Right. Um, but again, it, it just, again, we stayed healthy through the whole time. Again, leading up to those five years leading up to that, I had finally established, you know, a weight training program, the philosophy of change in the program where – you know, there was, when I first took over, we were calling ourselves a dirty 30 because we had 30 kids on the varsity team and really it was 28. I brought up two freshmen just so we had 30 kids. Yeah.
0: That was the article I read. You guys were called the dirty 30. I thought that was, I thought it was phenomenal. (laughs)
1: Yes. We go from that to all of a sudden just getting the numbers and the school and the kids and the youth program. I'm just coming from youth football right now. I'm still involved, um, on the board and, and go down every Sunday and make my, make sure my players go down there. So all that kind of stuff really putting in the time uh, all the way from the youth level, all the way up to the high school level, especially in a small town like Wayland. I think it really helps out. And we finally were able to get, you know, I think that was like one of our biggest rosters with 66 kids on it. And it just kind of helped out. I mean, and everybody played a role from the sophomores getting us ready. I mean, you can't, you can't, the look teams, you know, how do they prepare you week in and week out? You know, you forget about that. Um, that those young kids have to be the other team that week. And they were preparing, you know, they were studying, they were doing their job like, okay, we got to run wing T this week. And, you know, when you don't run wing T, and all of a sudden you got to get some sophomores and juniors to run wing T, that's hard. But, you know, they took pride in their job for that week, you know, to get the varsity guys ready. And, again, it just all kind of worked out to be that magical season.
0: Yeah, it was cool to really read about. It was an awesome article. It was long, and, and I was enjoying it. So it, it was really cool to be able to highlight that for you. And you mentioned something really important, and I think it's totally underestimated, is the fact that, yeah, those younger kids, they're learning the opposing team's offense and the opposing team's defense. And you feel bad for those kids in a way because they kind of are like a punching bag, in a sense, going against the top-notch kids. But they're preparing those guys for the day of – Recognizing formations and understanding when they motion, this is what happens. And if it's a double tight offense, are they pulling their guards and tackles? So those kids got to learn that offense to give those varsity guys the best look as possible on both sides of the football. So, um, in talking about that, obviously. Part of that is preparing the kids to do That right preparing your obviously your Ones to be ready for game day and Preparing those younger kids to give the best scout Team look throughout the week as possible Coaching staff how do you go About assessing hiring coaches Is there a certain philosophy you Have are you more of an alumni guy are you more Of an experienced guys and a mix of both I Mean talk about how you go about developing Staff because I'm sure over 21 years You've had some guys that have moved on to different Positions or have taken head coaching positions Elsewhere so you have to kind of reload in that sense. So how do you go about assessing uh, coaches that are best
1: for the program? First of all, I I say that um, I love alumni. I mean, that'd be my first choice if you could, you know. 100%. It it does make such a difference. I think that they were in the program, um, that they they wore the same uniforms as these kids. They know the town, they know the kids. So that definitely helps out, but you can't always do that. I am lucky to have five guys on my staff right now that Uh, all played for me or played along with me at Whalen so that definitely helps out Um, but then you got some great guys too that haven't been there I I have one father that both sons were captain for me and he's coaching but you know we call him now he's totally like a Whalen guy too Um, so it it is I also think it's very important to try to get your coaches in the school system which is very tough to do Um, I'm lucky right now that the freshman coach and I are both whaling guys. Um, we played high school football together. He was a freshman when I was a senior. You know, his dad was our wrestling coach. There's all kinds of ties. We're like brothers. But, you know, he's the freshman football coach. He teaches history in the building. I'm the health and wellness director for the district. So we're both in the building. And that really helps out having your freshman head coach in the building because you do a lot of recruiting there of kids that maybe have never played before but want to. And sometimes all it is this is about asking that kid, making them feel wanted. To come out, uh, and yeah, you can do this, you know. And just give them that pep talk. You know, I've had so much We've done it so many times, and then we hear from parents, "Thank you. This is what they needed. They needed that push." And it can't come from the parents, but it means so much when the teacher or coach grabs you in the hallway and says, "You know, have you thought about football?" And I'm lucky as a wellness teacher, you know, so I could see him in the athletic environment too. And I'm like, "Well, that kid, that kid can move all right." You know, you're not playing anything in the fall. Do you ever think about playing football? Um, and vice versa, you know, with, wrestling, people, yeah, sure. yeah, with wrestling too, you know, and we, you know, most of our wrestling team is made up of football guys.
0: I was going to ask you that later on, so yeah, we might as well. So you do that? You do a lot of cross recruiting, like, hey, this kid's a pretty agile, 155 pound kid that could probably play corner for us. I'm going to move him for the wrestling team, or oh, get him to do wrestling, but also to play football. Do you do that a lot?
1: Absolutely. I mean, yeah, the coach man. I talk, Sean Chase, who's my freshman coach, he's the head wrestling coach. So okay. we, just flip, we just flip roles come, come winter. So uh, we both do heavy recruiting <laughs> off the football team to get on the wrestling mat. Smart. Uh, yeah, it definitely helps out. You know, obviously, you know, you love your receivers and quarterbacks, maybe playing basketball or doing some speed work. And that's great. What we both, our philosophy is just do something. But if you're not doing anything, you're going to come with us and you're going to wrestle, you know. So, um, you know, we are a small school. Uh, I was a three-sport athlete at Wayne, so I believe I can't stand all this specializing in one sport. Uh, I'm definitely not a proponent of that. Um, you're in high school, play as many sports as you can. Have fun. And I love that you
0: said that because I, I believe in the same philosophy, you know, there's so much specializing in sports. And I think there is a spot for that. I just think sometimes it happens too young. And it all allow athletes to maybe develop their bodies and develop their muscles, because every sport you're using different muscles, and, and using them different ways, you know, so being able to develop as an athlete, play sports, be a leader, um, you know, facing tough situations, maybe in one sport that can help you with another later on as being a leader for that program. So I totally agree with you on so many different levels when it comes to playing multiple sports Um, and one thing that I love that you said when we just spoke on the phone briefly the other day was letting your coaches coach Um, you know when I was a head coach I believe the same thing I mean these guys are there working hard just as hard watching film breaking things down putting in the grind work Um, so being able to as an assistant coach to feel that your head coach trusts you um, is really important obviously for your motivation but obviously you wanted to go out there and even work harder for your coach how do you assess like um, in an off season, like what are your expectations for your coaches? I mean, you mentioned some of them do coach wrestling with you or might coach other sports within the school system. But when it comes to football, is there a certain expectation you have for them as far as clinics and education goes and participating
1: in workouts and things like that? So, I guess, I guess the one thing I would say to them is that I, the ones that again, I don't have many in the system, I have three or four at one time sometimes. Um, so, my one thing is that they cannot just see the kids last day on Thanksgiving and then see them the first day of football. Um, please come into the, the winter workouts, the, the summer workouts, the ooh, spring, wherever. Um, go to other games, support the kids in basketball, hockey, lacrosse, whatever it is, but show up at a game because that means a lot to the kids when they see their other coaches there watching them. So, I trust all my coaches. I mean, I think we all want to get better at our craft. So, th- I know that they're you know and you don't have to go to it's not like all right let's go to this clinic anymore because there's so much online. Right. You know, I mean it's totally really changed the whole game, you know, the internet and stuff that's involved and, and Huddle and everything that you can watch film. You're not passing around a DVD anymore or making copies going to the media and say hey can you make me five copies of this game? You know yeah. when I first started out that's how it was but you know I know that, that the coaches are watching Huddle leave an off season and, and trying – I can see that. I can see that they've logged on. So that's great. Uh, But just being around, I think that's the most important thing being around the program, being around the kids.
0: Yeah. And I I agree with you just to be a presence. I mean, I used to make it a point to go to like basketball games, go to hockey games, go to baseball across just to see them playing in a different sport, watching how they are on the field, watching them on the sideline a little bit. I mean, they enjoy that. They love seeing their coaches from another sport. I know seeing, you know, some of my football players that were hockey players and seeing their hockey coaches at a game, you know, meant a lot for them. I got them maybe just a little bit more juiced up that their coach was there paying attention. And then obviously in the off season, being able to to work with them. Um,
1: yeah, no, it, it, and as a parent, too, I, I'm lucky that I just had my sons graduate the last two years. I had two sons back to back. Um, so, as a parent, too, you know, I, I love seeing the coaches come and, and hearing from the parents because I was a parent myself. It's like, oh, great, Coach so and so was at the game yesterday, even though I wasn't there because my son was maybe playing somewhere else. But hearing that the parents even talk about it, uh, I think, means a lot, too.
0: Yeah. It's all about building a culture around your program at the end of the day. And, you know,
1: kids want to, you know, you know,
0: as an educator, like kids want to feel supported and they want to feel that they're loved. And I think that just simple thing like that, of taking a time out during the week to go catch a game, it's a huge impact that maybe the coach doesn't even realize they're having, even when they do it, you know, they're doing it just to do it. So, um, And what I love about your coaching staff, and I got to know a couple of them. I know Will Cobb was someone who uh, coached for me, uh, my years at Allenton Catholic, both as an assistant and as a head coach. Um, But when I took over the job at Allenton Catholic, one of the things that I really wanted to kind of spice up and change was the weight room participation. Um, And I reached out, you know, Will had given me a couple of your assistant coaches names and they started an app called Platform. And it changed our weight room. It really did. I mean, there were more kids participating in there than ever. We don't have a huge weight room, so they have kids. Some kids were working out in the gym, doing their conditioning while other kids are in the weight room, being able to switch it was all because of that. It was all because of platform. So how lucky and beneficial are you that you have coaches on staff that have literally created a business. And, and obviously, it's, it's, it's worked in your program. I and mean, you guys have been very successful. And, but how great is it to have coaches that really just like run that weight room, everything like you mentioned for coaches is easy to track. But for athletes, it's even easier to track to who's doing the workouts to how much their gains are and so on and so forth. I mean, talk about having that in your program.
1: Yeah, I think platform is equivalent to having Huddle. I think it's a must-have. I mean, it's really changed our program um, so much over the years. You know, I think when I first started, I just didn't didn't know a lot. I mean, obviously knew what I was doing, kind of lifting and stuff, but didn't know if I was doing everything right. So I grabbed onto that BFS program, bigger, faster, stronger, and kind of were making the kids do that. And then one of my coaches who returned, who was a superstar for me, Sam Breslin went on to play at Colgate University four years. He came back and he was a PE teacher in the the building under me, and it was great to have him there. And he created this kind of program for all of our athletes, not just football players. It's for all the athletes. And he was running it in the PE program. And we saw it really start to take off with both girls and boys, athletic teams. And he said, you know, we were talking one day, He's like, I, I might have something here, and we're like, I think you do too. And he left the teaching world to pursue this, you know, platform. He brought in his college roommate who was uh, coaching at Sacred Heart, um, and they kind of got together and made this whole program. And now, uh, I tell you what, uh, with uh, the pandemic, their their company just took off. You know, and they're doing great things. But yeah, to have these guys, you know, the three kind of founders on my staff is you know, just such a, such a value to the program. Um, and again, it's it's just getting all the kids ready to go and buy into the program. You know, they, they know these coaches do it. And my coaches run the, they do the program with them. Yeah, I got three coaches that come in and, and do the exact same program as the kids. And yeah. so, and stuff like that. So it, it, that's fun too.
0: Yeah. And I said this to my staff and I mean this. I'm like, you know, when you're talking about like nutrition and health and fitness, these kids aren't going to listen to us in a weight room when half of us are in terrible shape. We look awful, right? Like we want something that like they can look at and say, okay, this is what they're going to do. This is how they're going to do it. Everything's on the phone. I mean, kids are on their phone so much and everything's an application now. So the access is really easy and the information, especially like with workouts, the videos are there. So even if you don't understand what the exercise is or how to do it, you can click a 30, 45 second tutorial that shows you exactly how to do it from beginning to end. And I think that that's also a safety thing that, you know, kids just aren't throwing on a ton of weight and being like, Oh, look how much I can squat and look how much I can lift. They're doing it the right way. And it's not making them try to be these guys in the weight room that are putting on tons of plates on both sides. It's about form technique and getting your body bigger, stronger, faster in a safe way. So, Yeah. Kudos to you guys. I mean, you're very lucky to have that. And, um, and I wanted to be able to kind of give you that opportunity to talk about that. And obviously for your assistance, you know, to, to be able to kind of have that put out there, but it's a must. I had it, I experienced it. and, And I think it's a, I think it's a great, great application for all sports. Really. Um, and so what I like to do in this segment here is talk a little bit more about the X's and O's stuff. You know, being a coach, this, to me, this is like one of the biggest educations, no matter which sport or which coach I have on here from what sport. Um, it's just really cool to really learn philosophical things and X's and O's things that, you know, you kind of buy into as a coach and so on and so forth. So the first thing I'm going to ask you, and I ask every coach this, no matter what sport, obviously you have your league and your league's difficult in itself how do you go about assessing non-league opponents when you know you might have an open spot or two on your schedule? Are you looking for teams that are offensively and defensively maybe similar to teams in your league? Are you looking to play maybe a little bit tougher to get yourself ready for the league? Do you assess that year to year when you have to make those decisions? Definitely do.
1: But I got to tell you, it's all changed this year with this whole new power ranking system. I mean, and trying to figure it out from week to week and, you know, seeing like, OK, it, it's not going to help you to go play some team that hasn't won many games. Right. Uh, you're almost better off playing a powerhouse team and losing. Uh, it, at least it looks like I'm still trying to figure out all the math and everything. And every week it's changing. Um, but it's going to change how coaches in Massachusetts um, go out and schedule non-league games over the next couple of years. I mean, we kind of we really didn't know what was going to happen this year. So everybody's schedule was already set. But going forward. Uh, I think you're really gonna. For me, it's going to be try to stay in division as much as possible. Uh, that will be my number one goal. You know, so being in Division Four, you know, where before it was like, hey, you could still schedule a bad Division One team and win, and you get those extra points. That's not the case anymore. Right. So that that, kind of, that was kind of the philosophy back then. Is like, hey, if you can go out and get come a the the higher division teams, a one, two, or three for us being in Division Four. Uh, that we knew was going to be, you know, competitive for us and and have a good chance of winning to get those extra couple points. That was beneficial. That's not the case anymore. So really evaluate. I think the offseason is going to be a big evaluation of who you schedule. Off the top of my head, I think it's going to be scheduling good programs and in division. I think that will be my – I think that's how I'm going to have to do it from now on. Uh, But I think we're all learning right now with this new power rankings and just waiting for it to come out, you know, and and when is it going to be set? Because even the MIA and Boston Globe aren't exactly the same, which is kind of, you know, crazy to think. And I'm
0: sure all the, the like networks that like, or like the, you know, people that report this stuff, I'm sure all their math's a little off too. Like you might read something somewhere at one spot. I mean, there was one year we coached at Donaldson Catholic and we were four and three. And in the paper, it said that we, you know, qualify for the playoff. And then we found out that we didn't, you know, the next day. So I'm, I'm sure that, like figuring out new points and systematically, it could come down to a 10th of a point or a hundredth of a point. So um, yeah, I'm sure there's going to be a whole big math equation behind that. Trying to figure next out Sunday. It's going to be
1: an interesting day. When I'm really curious. Comes. Yeah. <laughs> Next Sunday, I think there's going to be a lot of phone calls going on to figure out who you're playing, where you're playing, all that, getting filmed. So it, it's definitely, you're at an interesting point right now in, in Massachusetts high school football with the last week coming on us.
0: I know. We're really interested to see, you know, especially some of the teams we've covered this year to kind of see where they fall, you know, in their divisions and everything else. Um, you know, teams that are undefeated. Yep. One thing. But like you're mentioning who you play and so on and so forth. The three loss team might have a better ranking than, say, a one loss team, depending on who they, you know, their opponents are. So that is that is that really Never interesting. would have happened before. No, 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 definitely not. A,
1: yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Cause you'd
0: see some teams that get like a two or three ranking. You're like, what? like we're better than this team, you know, like you used to feel that way. So, uh, yeah, totally, totally get that. It'd be interesting to watch next Sunday for sure. Um, Practice style, you know, practice styles changed so much, obviously, over the last five years too, with concussion protocols and, you know, heat exhaustion and what's been put out there and so on and so forth. How do you go about organizing a practice like if I walked into say like a Wednesday practice like hump day of the week preparing for your opponent? What am I seeing? I mean, are you guys scheduled to – we're running goal line situation, you know, from this time frame. We're doing seven-on-seven seven at this time frame. We're doing red zone defense. Like, is that how you kind of segment your practices or does that – Yeah, um,
1: absolutely. We have an offensive day and a defensive day. So, Tuesday is an offensive day. And defense gets about 25 minutes out of the practice. The whole rest of the practice is dedicated towards offense. So, yeah, you'll get Kelly on one end. You'll get the inside run. You'll get the indie session um and then yeah and then Wednesday will be a defense day and offense will get a short period at the end you know so it works that way um but you're right about the whole concussion thing we've totally gone to like the Dartmouth way of no live tackling in practice so been through all those videos and teaching hawk tackling and everything we've changed our philosophy absolutely and I think everybody had to um forget about the MIA putting out you're only allowed to tackle you know for 20 minutes a day now or something like that that those, those are all gone. I, I would be uh, very surprised if many teams are tackling uh, for a long period of time during the week.
0: Yeah, I mean, I had um, Tom Bingham on from St. Bernard's High School, and he does not tackle either a practice. And I was the first I have ever heard that truthfully. And his, his theory behind it was like, you know, my numbers are low, and I can't afford kids to get hurt. We teach proper technique. We teach the whole wrap-up process. We, you know, and our goal is, is that on Friday, these guys are ready to go, and these guys are ready to hit, and they want to hit because it's their first, you know, contact of the week. And he's had great success doing it. So to hear say that you do that too, and obviously the success you've had, I mean, there's probably a lot more coaches out there that are doing that that you know just people aren't aware of that are doing that so I think that's smart from a lot of different perspectives for sure yeah. um dual county I mean you guys play in the dual county league it's a very very powerful league I think you know from year to year who's on top might change, but the competitiveness of the league is always there. Um, and to me, it's probably top three, uh, leagues in the state as far as football goes, as far as I'm concerned. So talk a little bit about playing in the dual County, some of the monsters that you see throughout the years and, um, you know, what it's like to get you ready for playoffs when you guys are playing teams outside of there a little bit.
1: Yeah, we are, uh, love the, You know, obviously I'm a DCL guy, you know, so I, I love the league. Um, uh, a lot of history in the league a lot of great coaches and, and and players obviously coming out of the league but um as far as the dcl goes it's uh we're one of the smaller teams in the league uh, as far as the numbers wise so that puts us at a little disadvantage but again you, you look at conquer kyle we have some great rivalries with them and lincoln Sudbury, and we don't see we've kind of split into a large and small so we only get a couple crossover games um, one is always Lincoln Sudbury, just cause it's kind of, it's right across the river, you know, we, we call it the team across the river. Um, and then we, and then we'll be like ne- next week we have Westford Academy. Uh, so we'll see two large teams, um, that will square off again. So the league has changed a little bit from when you talked about when we first, when I first became here it was you had to win the league and it was 10 teams and only one team was going, you know, obviously things have changed over the last 21 years that I've been on the, head coaching but that was the tough part back in the beginning where one team got to go and we were lucky to go in 06 and 07 by winning the league and again beating acton boxborough and lincoln Sudbury those two years to send us to the playoffs was truly one of the highest uh you know points in my career i mean i love the super bowl win but that 2006 year we're playing Acton, boxborough and we're undefeated and they have one loss and we come out at halftime and the place is sold out. Uh, I mean, the athletic, there was 5,000 people at the game. And, they're, and we're coming out for warm-ups. And the place is already packed. And so that game, to me, like just that, that's what the DCL was all about. And, and Acton's got a great band and a great fan base. So when, I, when, when kids are like, oh, that Super Bowl had to be your, your, your top game of the year. And I'm like, yeah, it was, it was good. But I, might, I, I think I'd go with just the league game against Acton-Boxborough when people ask me. You know, what was my favorite game? It, it was in that 06 season, obviously, because it was magical. But I think it was I think it's because of the league and just being, you know, the DCL and knowing that it's tough. And, you know, again, we had to go face Central Catholic and stuff. But I, I don't know. I, I'm a league guy. And so I think that that's it.
0: I get it. You know, I mean it totally. Like the year that we won the Super Bowl in oh eight, um, you know, beating Austin Prep that year was arguably bigger than the Super Bowl, you know. And you look back at that game and I probably have more memories of that game than I do the game that we won at Gillette in the Super Bowl, just because it was such a you know, you know, like you said, a league win that, you know, two teams that are really good and you've battled them tough over the years and You know, as a player, I'm sure you have your stories with those teams, too. So, yeah, beating them, absolutely, for sure. I think that that's – I I agree with that. And and that's always fun for the league, for sure. Um. One really um, amazing event that I know you were a part of this past Friday night when you guys played Lincoln Sudbury. Um, And I'll let you obviously do a little bit more talking with it. I I don't want to make mistakes on it. Um, But in October, typically we celebrate, you know, breast cancer awareness month, but it's also domestic violence month. And I know that you and the coach from Lincoln Sudbury had kind of teamed up for this event and really got both football teams and both fan bases really involved in this. And I want to be able to have you tell the story a little bit and be able to spread the awareness of what you did on the event and, why um, you held the event. And I know it was on the news. It was on channel four news. It was on NBC Boston news. So this was an event that was definitely covered, not just locally in your area or town or, um, or just the football teams. This was covered, you know, by the state. Um, So I just wanted to give you an opportunity to talk about uh, an event that you guys put together.
1: Yeah, thanks. Uh, Really, really happy with the way um, Friday night went down as far as raising awareness around domestic violence. And you know, so Coach Gerard, who is the lincoln Sudbury coach, um, he was uh, on our staff. He was the defense co- coordinator in 06. Uh, so we are still best friends. Um, he's still a guidance counselor at Whalen High School. And so we, we talk all the time. And we were here. We had a tragedy 10 years ago at Whalen High School where uh, a football player killed his girlfriend after they broke up and after uh, graduating from Whalen High School. And we have done so much as, as a health and wellness director, we have changed our curriculum and done so much more work around this great topic, but there's always more to do. And I think, you know, it's not just about, you know, coaching the X and O's and going out there Friday night, but what else can you do? As we talked about great rivalry, Whalen, lincoln sudbury always a huge crowd. And so I got to give credit. Coach Gerard says we should do something, you know, um, in honor of the 10 years and raise awareness and, and kind of maybe raise money for Lauren Dunn Memorial Fund, which was the, the girl that was uh, murdered back 10 years ago. So we got together and we thought about, you know, a couple of things that we could do is showing unity by both teams wearing purple socks, which is the color of domestic violence. Um, we put on a training for our team. We had Reach Beyond Domestic Violence come in and do a training uh, with, with my program as well as we had a whole table of information and stuff at the game. And it was all um, set up by kids. So we had kids and we had some adults there too. But just to hand out purple bracelets and oh, purple rally towels, just to get people to come to the table, to take a pamphlet or maybe think about, all right, am I in a healthy relationship? And, and that's what we talked about in high school is, are you in a healthy relationship? Do you know somebody that might not be in it? And our goal is like, if we could get one person in the game, in the stadium that night to think about their relationship, then we've done our job. Uh, Nothing, taking nothing away from cancer. Um, But again, our motto was like, listen, you can't stop cancer from happening. You know, you can put it in remission, you can raise money for the cure and all that stuff. But you can stop domestic violence. If you know that something's not right out there, you can step in and do something. And we call it being an upstander, which is very difficult for kids to do. But we're trying to teach our our young men to do that. Um, And unfortunately, there are a lot of men that are perceived as, you know, the people that harm women. So we're trying to do better by that. And we just took that game to kind of raise awareness. And uh, I think we did a good job.
0: Yeah. You know, I just talking to you on the phone about it and the passion and obviously you being involved in Wayland for such a long time. I think that's, you know, an amazing event that you can put on something that's different and even listening to and reading the articles about it, you know, it's one every three houses that it happens and um, you know, it happens behind closed doors. So you don't always, you know, a lot of people don't know what's going on. Um, And I thought it was great. Your captain spoke and I thought they spoke very well, Um, When I watched the interview on television and, you know, you guys seem to do a really great job into turning these young boys into young men. So uh, I just wanted to, you know, tip of the cap to you. I think that's a little bit different than what you see in the month of October, but something that deserves just as much as attention, because like you've said, it's something we can't prevent, you know, where Um, Breast cancer, unfortunately, we cannot. So, um, you know, I appreciate that coach being an educator myself and and being an elementary education. It means a lot that, you know, people at all three levels, elementary, middle and high school are really working with these kids as they grow to cover these topics and have these conversations that uh, can affect the rest of their lives for sure. Um, and so I want to jump in cause you've mentioned to it. And we've talked a little bit about it and you kind of answered one of the questions already. Uh, but we'll just talk about it a little bit more wrestling. I mean, on top of being you know, the, the football coach for over 21 years, you uh, you also been involved in the wrestling program for just as long. And you had mentioned that one of your assistant coaches, uh, is the head wrestling coach. So I guess I'll ask you this in two parts. I mean, one is how much chatting you guys doing during the football season, about wrestling? Like, do you guys, like, take time in the locker room to be like, hey, after practice, you mind sticking around for a half hour? I want to talk about X, Y, and Z. And two, how much of a rest are you taking from Thanksgiving when you have your, well, you know, if you have your last game, if you're not in the Super Bowl, to relax and before you're into wrestling
1: mode right away? Three days. <laughs> 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 no, it's not long. No, I, I think we're always talking about, you know, wrestling behind the scenes. Here and there, I mean, it's that in the four, it will... I'll get the schedule from them and we'll talk about, Hey, we heard this kid might be coming out for the team and, and stuff like that. So it's always there. I mean, I love the whale and wrestling. I mean, I love football. Uh, but I think the sport of wrestling is who's made me who I am today. I, I really, I, I, I owe wrestling a lot. Um, so I will never turn my back on the sport. I, I love it. Um, I played uh, football for one year at Plymouth state, but I wrestled all four years at Plymouth state. Um, so again, um, I love the sport of wrestling. It's, um, it's different, but it is, it's, it's three days off and you're into it. Now, luckily I'm not the head coach, so I don't have to do all the, the, the practice planning and stuff like that. I kind of get to show up and, uh, teach a move here and there and roll around with the kids and, and, you know, coach them up. Uh, so again, it takes some of the stress off. And again, there's so much, you know, we just finished on Thanksgiving, but football's not over. We still have the banquet coming up and everything. So I got to compare all that kind of stuff too. So, it might take maybe two weeks for me to fully engulf and get, get into the wrestling flow. But I mean, I'm there the Monday after ready to go. It's not like I'm getting a day off or something. Uh, So yeah, it it is tough, but I love it. And you know, I love what I do. Um, I, I yeah, think- and
0: you're dedicated to it. And I think that that's the, the more impressive thing is that you're involved in the school system year round. And for those people listening out there, planning a banquet is one of the most difficult things, making sure that everything that you ordered is there, you're coordinating with parents, you're coordinating with the hall, you want the day to go off or the afternoon to go off without a hitch. You know, you're preparing your notes of who you got to thank. I mean, it is a, it's a lot of work. It's a lot yeah. of work. So when he says that, he means it. Because I've, I've gone through it personally, and it is. You don't want to mess anything up. And if you do, you feel horrible about it for days and days and days, you know, on top of it. So, uh, yeah, I totally get it. And as far as wrestling goes, and I'm sure with football being able, we talked about platform, but just your knowledge alone, I mean, cutting weight. And nutrition and so on and so forth is a big deal in wrestling. I mean, how much does that cross over into the football world as far as your players and you know, just maybe their nutrition and keeping an eye on their nutrition? I mean, anybody who can do that, it's it's an added bonus in the world of football. I mean, wrestling, you have to do that every day. So, do you feel like that kind of helps you out at both sports a little bit?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And we and we you talked about mentioned platform right there. We um we stick with platform all the way through wrestling. Oh wow! Uh, okay, make sure that we get two platform workouts every week during the wrestling season too. So those kids that aren't, you know, that are doing wrestling, they are still getting the strength and speed training um, throughout the year. But yeah, I mean, it's it's changed a lot. I mean, there's not as much cutting weight as there was, you know, back in the days of you know a guy losing 15 pounds in two days to to make weight. I mean, everything's a lot more controlled now. But yeah it is, it is a different sport and you got to change your body type and you know, you're going for those footballs long, drawn out, you know, where in wrestling you're going six minutes and it's over, you know? So it it is a different way to prepare and train and stuff like that. And we're lucky that we have the platform guys with us, as you talked about, they are not on the wrestling staff. um, But the head guy loves wrestling and he actually comes in and runs the workouts twice a week for us. So, I mean, again, Just so he gets to see those kids again throughout the whole winter season. So going back to the other thing is how these other coaches stay, um, impacting the kids lives and seeing them like, there's a prime example right there. He still gives up, you know, a half an hour, um, twice a week to come in and work out, um, with the wrestling team and make them faster and stronger.
0: Has technology become like a prerequisite for the job for you at all over your last 21 years or,
1: or no technology uh, as far, I mean, it's, it's helped. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I think we're all between huddle and platform and, and, and then really just social media and stuff like that. I can't, I can't say I'm the best at social media, but those coaches on my staff are, and that's kind of like, all right, you're the social media guy. You're the content guy. Get to pump that stuff out. You know, I'll have ideas and I'll shoot them stuff. Like, what do you think of this? Like great idea. But they also have their own ideas too. So we kind of got everything kind of split up, you know, every coach kind of has something that they do. Um, And again, that's important to run a program. Not one person can do it all. If you're going to do it right, you need everybody's help, everybody's ideas, everybody's passion, uh, you know, and vision. So.
0: Yeah. And I agree with you. And it kind of goes back to what we mentioned earlier, like letting your coaches coach, like letting your coaches who have strengths in certain things, let them do it is really important. I think that's something as a head coach, I, when I look back at, I probably should have did a little bit more was a little bit more of, okay, you're pretty good at this. Why don't you do this instead of taking it on? Because there's so much as a head coach, like when you're a coordinator, it's a different ball game. Like you're just focused on coaching or whatever. But as a head coach, you're focused on obviously the X's and O's, but you're dealing with the school, the parents, the kids, academics, you know, alumni boost his yeah. fund rate like it just it's nonstop. uh right. so so i yeah i get emails, it emails have been a huge
1: addition you know changed
0: everything it's changed yeah, everything
1: yeah. You know,
0: so, um, yeah, I totally, totally get that. And I think it's smart. I think it's, you know, not a way for a coach to burn themselves out either just doing everything or else your day would never stop. It really wouldn't. Um, so obviously you spend, you dedicate a lot of time to to football and obviously wrestling as well. And you're a guy who dedicates whatever it is that you do. How much time do you take off after wrestling's over that you're just worrying about you and your job a little bit, and your family and your friends before you're really sinking your teeth back into okay, football season's four or five months away?
1: Yeah, so a couple of years ago, I got uh, I got suckered into running our ultimate frisbee program. <laughs> so, so that's in the spring too. That's I mean, not it's a club, so it's not as intense as a varsity uh, wrestling match or football game. But again, it takes a little time, and I think. In the spring, I'm also, uh, I run the weight room after school every day, so Mm -hmm. I'm there. Uh, I really make sure that the summer, as soon as school gets out, uh, I'm a big uh, water sports guy. I love water sports all the time. I have a boat and, you you know, so come as soon as the weather is halfway nice. uh, I'm lucky that my family has a cabin up in New Hampshire on a lake and stuff. So um, I'll run the weight room all summer long, except I I try to get Fridays and Mondays off and, and let the other coaches take over those so I can get some long weekends up there. And when I get up there, that's when I, I don't think about football or, or work or anything like that. So I think that's my like safe haven. That's where I just get up and get lost in the woods, uh, go out for a run, rethink everything um, about the day. But that's what I look forward to is just getting up on the water, uh, do some wake surfing, wakeboarding, you know, whatever it might be
0: yeah you know and i think sometimes people don't realize especially football season especially like you know having little ones now like halloween in my house is becoming huge you know my younger brother was born on halloween so it's always kind of been a big event in our house but now being a dad and so you you miss some of that stuff you know you get you miss some of that stuff and then in wrestling obviously there's christmas and you know and new year and everything else and you're super super busy so i think you know sometimes people don't realize the work that really goes into it that yeah when it's over you need that break whether whatever you're sanity is or whatever helps you relax you need it you know so it's great that you kind of have that you know little spot to go to and just do your thing
1: and that's the way you relax it's 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 awesome um it's, it's tough to balance everything as you know i was lucky as i said both boys played football and wrestled for me so that was uh, great to just kind of keep the family intact together you know and yeah. doing that kind of thing
0: That is awesome. Having your kids play for you in, in multiple sports. I think that's, you know, that'd be really cool. It was a dream come true. Yeah. 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 I would love to coach my son someday at the high school level for sure. It'd be unbelievable. Um, so the last question that I ask you, and I ask a lot of coaches this truthfully is, you know, you've been doing it for a long time and you've been doing it right. And you've been doing it successfully. What's your advice to young coaches out there that are just getting their foot in the door in their whatever sport it is, doesn't necessarily have to be football or wrestling, but what would be your advice to them as far as, you know, pursuing it, um, your time as an assistant, things that you think they should be doing a little bit more of, or just paying a little bit more attention to that uh, could really help them and be beneficial to them.
1: Ooh, great question. Um one thing that ha- ha- that i do and is that every saturday kind of after we've met as a team and coaches and everything and you know you don't see everybody till monday is that i try to again take some time to myself and reflect on the week um, i usually do it in a, in a walk or a jog as i'm getting older in in the woods again um and just get out away from people and just kind of rethink you know what what happened this week what can i do better i think you always have to question yourself um you're going to make mistakes you got to own up to them you know really a book that's changed my life is above the line lessons in leadership uh from a championship season with urban meyer at ohio state um, so about five, six years ago, I, I read that book and it was like, wow. Okay. I learned about E plus R equals O from, uh, Brian and Tim Kite, you know, the, uh, focus three foundation, which is, you know, the event plus how you respond equals the outcome. So I share that my team, we talk about that all the time now, the E plus R equals O. Uh, so again, you're going to make mistakes That's we all do, you know, and, and do not try to bury them, but embrace them and learn from them. I think that's the biggest thing. And, and I've made them over the last 21 years as a head coach. You know, we, we still do. it's not very rare somebody perfect in this job, um, especially working with young teens. Um, it's always challenging. So um, embrace it and, and make sure you love what you do. I mean, again, we're not getting rich being teachers and coaches, but it's not about that. I, I wake up and I love what I'm doing. And when I talk to my buddies, it's not always the same thing. You know, yeah, they might be making more money than me, but they hate going to work every day. And uh, I don't say that. So,
0: yeah, uh, you know, and that's so important uh, because I mean, I feel like we're very similar in that way. I mean, I have friends who make good money. They have great, you know, biotech jobs or whatever. And, but they're working nonstop and they're stressed out all the time and teaching and education can most certainly be stressful too, but there's something about every single day going back at it and doing it and being an influence and helping kids grow yeah, it's priceless. You know, you love what you do and, you know, and the schedule is nice that you're able to have the ability to coach football, wrestling, being involved in, you know, after school activities. And again, you're getting to know more kids and get these kids to play different sports that you coach. Yeah. There's just, there's so much to it that when you love it all, it's a complete package and, you know, money at that point. Yeah, it's nice, but happiness
1: and, you know, and being happy is you know i argue more important so absolutely i mean uh before the pandemic you know that summer i, I had three players weddings to go to yeah you, that awesome. was just like you know to be invited to to that special moment and you know and to hear and you see, obviously they got their buddies there so you see so many people but you know um to be invited to things like that is just that's what that's what it's all about Yeah. the impact you know i i know that my coaches did that to me And that was my whole goal is I hope I can do that to these people.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know um, I mean like Serge Colivio. I mean, I coached under him for a really long time. I played for him. I mean, he did the, you know, he did our uh, you know, prayer, you know, before we ate dinner, you know, and uh, at my wedding and his son sang, you know uh, as we were coming down the aisle. So um, yeah, I, it's, Trust me when I say like you have an impact on these kids and they don't forget it. It's 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 awesome. It really is. Um he's one of my closest people in my life, you know, and he was my high school football coach. That's how it started. So um yeah, it it is amazing the impact that you can have and that's priceless, it really is. So, Coach, I want to thank you for coming on here. Uh, We have our last segment, which is called our two-minute drill. So this is how it works. I'm just going to fire some rapid-fire questions at you pertaining to the sport of football over your last 20-plus years of coaching. Um, I do get a red flag if I want you to answer something a little bit more. I can throw it, and vice versa. If you want to explain something, you most certainly can. So we're pretty lenient. It's a pretty fun segment. Um, I really love it. So I'm going to be looking off to my notes to the side here. So here we go toughest place in football to play an away game in the dual county
1: lincoln Sudbury, hands down their fans are crazy
0: okay perfect um song that still gets you a little bit juiced up before a game that you might listen to before a big game thunderstruck
1: acdc yeah i, I love it i love it uh fourth
0: and three from the three yard line to win the game what are you running play action okay i love it i most coaches say pound the rock so that's great yeah. i love it um toughest coach you've had to prepare against in your career?
1: Um. My good friend, Jim Gerard over at Lincoln Sudbury. And before that, he was at Hopkinton High School. We played against each other for six years while he was at Hopkinton. And now he's over to our rival, Lincoln Sudbury. So, uh, yeah, what he does, and we know each other so well. So, Coach Gerard. So, he was
0: on your staff. I mean, how much has he evolved? I mean, has he evolved a lot as a coach since your staff as far
1: as – Yeah, sure he to- definitely – I mean, he took some stuff. I mean, he's a defensive genius. So, I mean, I, we obviously stole stuff from him defensively wise. And, and I think he took some stuff, uh, offensive wise from us. So yeah, that's yeah. cool. That's really cool. Uh,
0: one position on defense that if you could be loaded at it every year, you you would be
1: middle linebacker.
0: Yeah. Okay. I was going to say the same thing. Some, some people say strong safety, you know, and I get that, I guess you're, what your system is, but yeah, middle, if you have a middle linebacker who can run and tackle, then you're a tough
1: defensive period.
0: <laughs> um, this year, 2021-2022 Super Bowl champions in the NFL are who?
1: Oh, in the NFL. In the NFL. Oh, I'm going with Tampa and Bills.
0: Yeah, okay. I love it. I love it. No, you can't bet against Brady until someone beats him over there, right? right exactly. Um, one word to describe your coaching style.
1: Oh, my style, I think, is um, I talk about care as an acronym. Commitment attitude got to have a positive attitude e, excitement and respect for everybody
0: awesome and what would your player say if they had to choose one word or what
1: you hope they would say uh he's exciting <laughs> I love
0: that. I haven't heard that I one.
1: Still, uh, I, I, come game time, uh, I'm the biggest cheerleader on the sidelines. I'm, yeah. running, I'm, I'm slapping the heads, you know, high fives, all that kind of stuff.
0: Ah, it gets the kid, Kids completely juiced up when the head coach is doing that. Absolutely. Yeah. I love it. All right, Coach, well, you survived the two-minute drill. And, uh, you know, I want to, again, thank you for coming on here. You know, we're really trying to highlight high school coaches out there and programs that are just doing it right. And for us, it's not always about the teams that are winning every single season and winning championships. It's about all the really good things that are going on in programs and between your coaching resume in football and your coaching resume in wrestling and your coach of the year awards and how you believe in running a program. um, You're like the perfect guest to have on here for all coaches to hear. So I really appreciate you coming on here and really educating all of us today.
1: I appreciate it too. It's been fun.
0: Yeah, awesome. So from Beyond Podcast, I'm your host, Anthony Petrellis. Till next time.